Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your coordination and sounds view to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Work back Magnesium is naturally found in foods like. This is the Well and Good podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. Hi there, Taylor Camille here, and this week we're switching it up with a story and reflection for Pride. This is a love story told from a mother, Mary Rose Denton, reflecting on the love she shares with her child. This story was of particular interest given the rise of anti-trans legislation as 33 states across the U.S. have introduced more than 100 bills aimed to curb the rights of transgender people, according to the Human Rights Campaign. Transgender athlete bans introduced in 31 states signed into law so far in Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi. Arkansas passing a bill blocking gender-affirming care for trans youth. It would ban access to things like reversible puberty blockers and... Can be competitive where they indoctrinate hate and discrimination into... This is the highest number recorded since the human rights campaign began logging anti-LGBTQ legislation over 15 years ago. You can find Mary Rose's piece on our site along with a collection of others for our Love Out Loud series for the month of June. Here's Mary Rose. I'm Mary Rose Denton, and I'm a freelance writer, speaker, and advocate just north of Seattle, Washington, living between mountains and water. I hope this story will help others live more authentically, purely by example. You know, hearing other people's stories always helps us know that we're not alone. There's others like us and usually gives inspiration. And that's what I hope this will do is inspire people, inspire parents, kids, families, especially. The most important factor in the health and well-being of a child is that you have that family structure of support. We're not talking anything other than unconditional love of a parent to their child and accepting their child for who they are. Choosing love is never the wrong thing to do. Becoming a parent for the first time filled me with a jumbled array of emotions, excitement, awe, and even a little worry. Would I do this right? Holding my newborn baby and looking into those deep, dark eyes, I simply fell in love. Everything else, all other emotions fell away. Love remained, becoming the groundwork in which this new relationship grew. Most parents hold expectations for their children, 
At least I have not met one that doesn't. Perhaps it is for our children to be successful in a career, prosperous in finances, and safe from harm. Perhaps the expectation is for them to love and be loved. Or maybe it is purely the hope for them to be happy. We hold on to these expectations mainly because it is what we know and what has been our path in life. But what if your child is not happy? What if something deeper is brewing, causing them to feel discord with themselves? These deeper feelings may not be identifiable. At first, they may show up on the surface as surly defiance, when really, at the heart of it all, your child is feeling incongruent, incomplete, and very much alone. Six years ago, these traits above described my son until he decided to come out to me that he is transgender, FTM, female to male. It was on this night I felt the depth and conviction of unconditional love. The dictionary definition for unconditional love states, a love without limitations or conditions, a love which has no bounds and is unchanging. What do you do when the child you have known since birth comes to you in all their vulnerability to tell you their truth? In my case, to tell me they are not my daughter, but my son. We were speaking by phone when my son dropped this news. After a momentary shock, thinking in my head, did I hear that correctly? Transgender? I metaphorically opened my arms and said, come here, I love you no matter what. My love had no conditions and certainly did not stop in that moment. That is not what love is. The moment following my son coming out became a definitive moment for me and for him. He anxiously waited on the other end of the receiver to hear me say something, to know if I accepted or rejected him. All I knew was, I did not want to lose my child. According to the Trevor Project, LGBTQ plus youth represent as much as 40% of the homeless youth population. Of that population, studies indicate that as many as 60% are likely to attempt suicide. Family rejection is cited as the leading factor in these statistics. I decided to opt out of these statistics. In one brief moment, my heart rose to the occasion to make that decision for me. Love surmounted all else, including any previous or future expectations I held for my child, except one, the expectation for him to be happy. My emotions became tested. Feelings of loss and grief quietly surfaced and then subsided as he spent the next year transitioning. My love only deepened as I watched from the sidelines as he stepped more fully into himself. Love, without any bounds, sets the groundwork for an authentically lived life. I can only believe it gives us the strength to be who we truly are. I have only one request, I said to my son. We were having lunch together a few weeks after our initial conversation. Walk, don't run into this, and I will walk with you. I knew his transition would transform me as well, and I needed time to adjust to each step of the process. 
educating myself on all things transgender, such as proper pronouns to use, hormone therapies, starting tea, testosterone, top surgery, and how to legally change one's identity became integrated into the fabric of my life. I championed his right to love who he loves, to live as he lives, authentically and truthfully. In the midst of this transition, life at times felt muddled. This was all new territory for me, accompanying a big learning curve. But at the end of the day, I would not change a thing. Like all good love stories, there are hurdles which bond you closer together, and there are triumphs to celebrate. It took bravery for my son to live life on his own terms. I, on the other hand, dug deep to trust his path and watch him become the man he is today. Six years after that initial conversation with my son, he is now 23. I find myself speaking with other parents of transgender children. They are searching for guidance, support, and simply the best way to love their kids. My best advice is twofold. First, at some point, I realized my son had been with me all along. It happened quietly and incrementally. I no longer thought of time before transition or looked back at photographs with any sense of longing. In fact, now, when I look back at old family pictures, I see my son. This is how I know he is living authentically. Second, I applaud these parents for choosing to side with love and acceptance for their kids. On the toughest days, it will see them through. I tell them choosing love is never the wrong thing to do. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. We love this story and we hope you love this story. It's such a strong example of familial love and unconditional love. But we wanted to chat with Mary Rose a bit more because it's hard to capture her full experience and the meaning behind her words in such a brief snapshot. Why did you urge your son to walk, not run? (laughs) Yeah, I love that question. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's kind of um, a twofold answer. At 17, when my son came out, 
can be kind of an age of impulsiveness, right? I mean, as a parent, you look back at your kids at certain ages and you think, I know what it's like to be 17 and how rash one can be because we think, oh, well, they don't have that life experience yet. They're not going to know if this is really what they want in the future. But my son's not a rash person. He's an amazing, amazing young man. And he's a very thoughtful person. He always has been. And I wanted him to be mindful and thoughtful about his decisions and his path in life. I wanted him to be very secure in his grounding of those decisions. I wasn't really concerned about him being rash, but I did want him to be secure and feel grounded in whatever he decided to do. So I sort of likened it to when you grow flowers, you know, you want them to grow and blossom out of fertile ground. You don't want to rush the process of that growth. So during this time, I also heard people say to me, and they, they would say these things to me, trying to reassure me. I can't say that they were reassuring, but I know that that was the intent of what people would say. And what they would say to me were things like, oh, this is just a phase. You know, At that time, my son was still presenting as a girl. So they would say, oh, this is just a phase. She will grow out of it, right? Or she's just experimenting. This won't last. You know, they're young. They don't know what they're talking about. But not only did I not feel this was a phase, but I also considered this talk rather insulting. People were not used to someone being transgender or transitioning. So I know their intention was good, but it, it came across as insulting that my son couldn't think for himself, that he couldn't make a decision for himself, or that this even fathomably could be true. For at this moment, my son is saying, here I am, and this is who I am. So to invalidate or dismiss who he is was just not okay with me. So I wanted him to take one step at a time and keep his steady footing. But I also asked it sort of as a selfish reason for me <laughs> um, and my own process. I needed time to absorb and navigate all the new changes. So it's an evolutionary process much as life is, and as such needs space to breathe and time to grow. Yeah. And so how do you hope people can find pride in who they are in this month of June and beyond? I think one word sums it up, and that's inclusion. The inception of pride, of course, a lot of people may know, but some may not, started with Stonewall. So in June 28th of 1969, a brief version of the story would be a Black transgender woman, Martha P. Johnson, had had enough. She was fed up with the prejudice and the abuse by the community and the police. The police had come to raid the gay bar and they had made 13 arrests that evening. And she had enough, so she stood up and she said, no, this is who we are. This is who I am and enough's enough. We want to be seen, we want to be heard. We want to be represented and we deserve to be here. 
So for six days up and down Christopher Street in the village of New York, a protest happened. And a year later, 1970, started the pride parades and the fact that it was a anniversary of that protest. It's great that there's a spotlight put on the LGBTQ community for one month a year. But what would be even greater is to have that extend all the way through the year, that we keep that inclusion going and working towards that. My son once said that sometimes when he first came out being transgender, like one of the best ways I advocated for him is I would gently correct people, especially in the family at the beginning, on his pronouns or they would accidentally use his old name. So gently refer to him by his, his chosen name. And he always appreciated that because it can be tiring. And to know that somebody else had his back, to know that somebody else championed him, gave him a lot more strength. And I think that's something that can be done during Pride Month as well as beyond is people can be an advocate for a loved one or a coworker or a friend in a similar way. That's a great way to help celebrate pride. Why is it important that we choose love and love out loud? Because that's the truest part of being human. And at the end of the day, the most important is who we are inside and that at the end of the day, we're human and we deserve to be loved. So I think that's it. On today's show, you heard from Mary Rose Denton with a special piece for Pride Month. As mentioned previously, Mary Rose's piece and others will be live on wellandgood.com for our Love Out Loud series for the month of June. This episode was produced by Ella Dove, Kate Spees, and myself, Taylor Camille, along with many other hands and brains at Well and Good. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, share, mixing and scoring by our sound engineer, Joanna Samuel, and our theme music was created by Madeline Lakomsky and Matt DiDomenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette. Special thanks to Jess Friedman, Ali Short, Jen Snyder, and Cassie Wolfe.